Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. I do want to uh, encourage you, if you've not already, to pick up my ebooks. All I Needed to Know I Learned from Columbo and All I Needed to Know I Learned from Dragnet. Each volume contains the careers and histories of seven great fictional detectives and policemen and life lessons that can be learned from them. They are available as ebooks or as audiobooks through audible.com or the Apple Store. And you can find all my books, audiobooks, and ebooks at store.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it is time for this week's episode of Philo Vance. The original air date is January the 10th of 1950, and the title is The Left Handed Murder Case. It's all right, dear. Now, everything's all right. Take it easy, darling. What happened? Did you have a bad dream? It wasn't a dream, Mother. It wasn't a dream. I saw him. He was at my bedroom window. Steve? Yes, I couldn't sleep. I haven't been able to sleep since we broke up. Then I saw his face at the window. Mother, it was awful. I know, darling, I know. I'll call the police. Even if you were married to Steve, he has no right to do this to you. Well, the police won't be able to help us. They'll say I dreamt it. And Steve will deny he was here. The police have been trying to get something on him for months. You know that. We'll talk about it in the morning. Your father hasn't come home from his meeting yet. I'll leave a note for him in our room, and I'll stay with you tonight. How will that be? Well, I'll feel much better then, Mom. I'll be sure one thing at least. Steve won't try to kill me. Tonight. She's sleeping now, David, but she was restless all night. What do you think we ought to do? I don't know, but I'm going to do something, I'll tell you that. Eat your breakfast, David. I don't want any breakfast. I want to do something to make sure Steve doesn't bother Jan again. And I'm going to do it. I told Jan last night, and I'll tell you now, David. The police will take care of him. When? After he kills Jan and makes a nervous wreck of her? Oh, no, Helen. He isn't going to get the chance. I'm going to see to that myself. Red queen and a black king, Steve. I know. I see it. Okay, okay. I thought maybe you missed it. Um, why does a guy play solitaire, anyhow? One reason left is that it gives him something to do when he's alone with a mug like you. Oh, I'm a mug. Well, look, Steve, maybe I ain't such a mug as you think. Maybe I ain't as stupid as you think, either. You'd go broke betting on that, Lefty. Oh, yeah? <laughs> That's what I like, intellectual conversation. Hey, Steve, the boys and I have been talking. I can't imagine anything duller than that. Wait a minute, wait a minute. 
You don't know what we've been talking about. Did you? Sure. Boys and I think maybe you're losing your touch. They think maybe you ought to step down and let me run the gang. With you sticking around to plan the jobs, like always. Now, look, Lefty. Hey, boss, take your hands off my trolley. You're bending the suit. I'll bend your neck in a minute. Now, get this, Lefty, and see that the boys here are too. I'm head man in this outfit, and I'm going to stay that way until I decide to quit. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. I'll quit when I'm ready and not before. Okay. And maybe the boys won't like that. Maybe they got their own ideas of how you're going to quit, Steve. private investigator. I didn't know you crooned. I didn't oh. know you were typing the lyrics of a song, Ellen. Oh, I'm not. I'm writing up the details of your last investigation, the tip-top murder case, and singing helps me type. If you ever want to get your typing finished, I'd suggest you sing something a little faster. Now, you didn't come out of your private office just to increase my musical tempo, did you, Vance? No, I just wondered if the district attorney had called before I came in this morning. Nope. No word from Mr. Markham. If there had been, I'd have told you. I thought perhaps you might have been too busy trying to remember the last line of the lyrics of that song you were singing. Vance, nobody has to worry about the last line of anything when you're around. Oh. Yes? Is there something I can do for you? Not unless you're Philo Vance. I'm Vance. What is it? Oh, hello, Vance. I'm Steve Cayley. I want to talk to you. Can we go into your private office? Come on. I don't want to be disturbed for a few minutes, Ellen. Right, Vance. Come in and sit down, Kaylee. Thanks. Uh, you've heard of me, Vance? Never in a very complimentary fashion. Uh, that was good for my business. Was good? That's right. I want to quit. I want to quit while I'm ahead and I'm healthy. I want to leave the gang I've been running around with. As I understand it, you were the boss. How the boys feel about your walking out? Not good. That's what I want you for, Vance. Figure out a way I can get out with my skin in one piece, and I'll take care of you. Sorry, that's out of my line. Not interested in making a buck, huh, Vance? Not the way you suggested. Besides, seems to me I read something about you and your divorce a month or so back. Your wife claimed you were a pretty nasty character. I was the same character when she married me. I got a little news for you. I'm a little worried about her, and about her old man and her mother. They all hate me pretty much. Apparently, not without reason. Sorry, Kaylee, you've come to the wrong man. If you want to quit your gang, why don't you give yourself up to the police? They'd gladly keep you away from your boys for five or ten years, as I understand it. I'm allergic to cells, Vance. I'll tell you what I'd like to do, though. I suppose, uh, suppose I give you the dope on the boys. What jobs they've done, all that. Think we could make a deal? Wait a minute. See if you can get me District Attorney Markham, Ellen. Right. Ringing the DA in on a deal, huh, Vance? Yes. You want to give evidence against the boys you've been working with, and he's in that business. Okay, anything you say. All I want to do... Just a minute, Kaylee. Yes? Mr. Markham isn't in his office, Vance, but I left word for him to call you. Thank you. Well, Vance? Mr. Markham isn't in. I'll tell you what you do, Kaylee. Sometime between now and this evening, Markham will call me back, and I'll set up a date for 6 o'clock in his office. You stay with me until then. That's all I got to do. I'll meet you up there, Vance. I'd rather you were where I can keep an eye on you. Yeah, I know. I'll see you at Markham's office. Unless... 
Unless what? Unless one of my friends sees me first. Your friend is late, Vance. Steve Cayley isn't my friend, Markham. I doubt whether he's anybody's friend. But you're right about one thing. He is late. He was supposed to meet me here in your office at 6. It's 6.20 now. Maybe he got cold feet. He seemed to be worried about the rest of him being cold in the event he met one of his enemies. But I don't... Excuse me. Of course. This is Attorney Markham speaking. Hello, Markham. This is Douglas in Homicide. Are you busy? A little. I'm here in my office with Philo Vance. Well, how would you like to come up and look at a brand new murder victim? It's hardly my idea of fun, Douglas. What's happened? We've got a corpse up here at 300 Rosalind Drive. I think maybe you ought to come up. I will as soon as I get through here. Vance and I are waiting for a man named Steve Cayley, and after he arrives, I'll meet you up there. You're waiting for Steve Cayley, huh? Well, Markham, you're liable to have to have a long wait. The corpse I was telling you about once answered to the name of Steve Cayley. Me, Mother. Oh, hello, dear. You're late coming home. Stop off somewhere? Uh, yes. Where? Don't bother me. David! I'm sorry, Mother. I, I didn't mean that. Oh, where's Jan? I don't know. She's out, too. I thought she might have stopped by at your office for you. She might have. I wasn't there. Where were you? Nowhere. Just walking. And deciding what to do about Steve Cayley. You mustn't do anything about him, David. He's caused us so much trouble already. Don't make things any worse. Promise me you won't. All right, Mother. But it's a little late for me to be promising anything where Steve Cayley is concerned. All right, you guys. All right, dry up. Shut up, I said. Okay, Lefty, you don't have to get sore. I don't want nobody to tell me what I have to do. Okay. I got something to say to you guys, and I'm going to say it very quick. Steve Cayley is through. He's finished. His nerve is shot. He's going to pack us in. Maybe he's going to turn us in. But we got to do something about that. I ain't doubting you, Lefty, but how do you know about it? I just come from his place. What? what now, listen. You guys going to listen to me? Hey, sure, sure, Lefty, we'll listen, but what do we do about Steve? I'll take care of that. I just want you guys to know what's up. Are you with me? Sure. Okay, so you know how we feel, Lefty. Now, who does the job on Steve? Well, I uh, just wanted to find out how you guys felt before I broke this to you. None of you guys has to worry about knocking off Steve. That's been taken care of already. There he is, Markham. Steve Cayley. Somebody did a nice, clean job on him with that knife, right? Yes, Douglas, that's right. Well, Vance, you see anything that might help us up here in this apartment? Perhaps. Cayley was killed when the knife was plunged into his heart. The knife went in at an angle, and the hilt of the knife is nearer his right shoulder than his left. Hmm. That means something, Vance? Does to me, Douglas. Markham, let's you and I go back to your office after you call Kelly's ex-wife to have her meet us there. All right, but why? Kelly was killed by someone who was left-handed. It's the only reason for the knife to be slanted the way it is. A right-handed person would have had to practically break his wrist to get the knife in the position it's in now. Yeah, I see what you mean. But why call Cayley's ex-wife down, Vance? 
I know he was having trouble with her, as well as with several other people, Markham. We might as well start with her. Start what with her? Finding out whether she's left-handed, of course. Miss Clark, you're using your maiden name now, of course. Yes, Mr. Markham. Miss Clark, your ex-husband was killed by a person we believe to be left-handed. Are you left-handed by any chance? Not that I know of. Hmm. Any questions, Vance? Miss Clark, what glove do you put on first? Why, the left one, I guess. Doesn't everyone? I do, Vance. So do most right-handed people. You had reason to kill your ex-husband, of course, Miss Clark. He told me that himself. Well, many people have reason for killing others, Vance. It's a good thing for civilization that that isn't the only thing one needs to murder. You have a point, of course. You can't question our child without oh, our being here. Daddy, you can't. Mother. It's all right, dear. We had to come. We followed you from the house after you received that telephone call. What are you trying to do to our child? I'm District Attorney Marker, Mrs. Clark. Mr. Vance and I were just... You to... were just trying to make it look like she killed Steve, weren't now you? Take well, it easy. she should have, but she didn't. And don't you try to make it look like she did. Mr. Clark, we're not trying to make anything appear different than it actually is. You seem awfully sure she didn't do it. Do you think she did? Everyone is a suspect until we get some definite information, Mrs. Clark. She didn't kill Cayley. She couldn't have killed him. No, Mrs. Clark? Why not? Because... because I did. Mother! Don't believe her. She had nothing to do with his death. I killed him. I killed him myself. Did you, Mr. Clark? How? How? Well, I shot him. How did you kill him, Mrs. Clark? I shot him. He was tormenting my daughter. I shot him. You've got to believe I did it. Uh, are either of you left-handed? No. I'm not. And what difference does it make? I shot him, I tell you. I know that's what you tell me, Mr. Clark, but Steve Cayley wasn't shot. He was stabbed to death. Oh. What? Yes, I suggest the three of you go home now and stop trying to alibi for each other. Good night. And what a night. <laughs> This is District Attorney Markham. A left-handed murder case opened with the killing of gang boss Steve Cayley. Philo Vance is sure a left-handed killer did the job. And our suspects include Cayley's ex-wife, Jan Clark, and her father and mother, although none of them admits to being left-handed. The parents each confess to having killed Cayley, but we're convinced they're merely trying to divert suspicion from their daughter. Vance, remembering that Cayley had mentioned one of his gang named Lefty, has gone to find that individual, and I imagine... Look, Lefty, you sure you got this thing figured out right? Sure. <laughs> sure, I'm sure. Look, you see that traffic light? Well? It's got to turn red, ain't it? And when it turns red, a car's got to stop, don't it? Sure. Well, there ain't much traffic up here. When a classy car pulls up the stop for the light, you get up on one side of it, I get on the other. We conk the driver, we take the car. We need a classy car for the big job I got in mind. Okay, if you say so. I don't argue with my new boss. So he's the new boss, eh? That means he's lefty. Who are you? My name is Vance. I followed the two of you up here. You did? Why? Steve Cayley mentioned you when he came to see me just before he was killed. He told me where I could find you. I went there just in time to see you leaving, so I followed you. So you found us. Hooray. 
Lefty, I'm taking you down to see District Attorney Markham. We've got some questions to ask you. We think... Wait, you... I figure you don't like questions, Lefty. That's the reason I conked him with my gun. <laughs> you practically broke his skull. Good for him. Leave him here. Let's beat it fast. We, uh... Things are starting to get a little complicated. Uh, you're finding out what a lot of guys find out, Lefty. Huh? It ain't so easy to be a boss. Miss Deering speaking. Helen, this is Markham. The district attorney. I give up. I did it. You got me, partner. Helen, this is serious. Something's happened to Vance. No. I've just got the report. A man was picked up on the corner of Fort Wade Drive an hour ago and rushed to the Mercy Hospital. What? He's been hit on the head. What makes you think it's Vance? The description and identifying cards in his pocket. I'm positive it's Vance, Helen. I'm on my way up there right now. So am I. Thanks for calling me. I'll get there right away. I'll need you there. I'd like to get my hands on whoever it was that hit Vance. Believe me, I would. You'd like to get your hands on him. I'd like to get my... Nails in him. I'll meet you at the hospital in 20 minutes. Two hours from now, Jan, and all this unhappiness will be over. We'll be on our way to the coast, and we'll stay away until you've forgotten this unpleasantness. Oh, thanks, Dad. You and Mother are being swell. Oh, which reminds me. Mother, how's the packing coming? Just a few more things, Dad, and I'll be ready to call you in to help me close the police. Good enough. Jan, I, I wish you wouldn't be so nervous. It's all over. Steve's out of the way for good. I know, but I, I can't help what I'm thinking. Dad, did you kill Steve? We, we won't talk about Steve. We, we decided that... Well, Mother said you were late coming home. You're never late coming home. I said we home. won't talk about that. Why don't you go see if you can help your mother pack? Packing's all done, and the valises are closed. What's going on between you two? Nothing. Nothing at all, Mother. Well, it looks like we're all set to leave here, doesn't it? Well, I think that perhaps we ought to let the district attorney's office know we're going out of town. What for? Well, they may not like it. Who cares what they like? We're not criminals. We can come and go where and when we choose. The sooner we get out of here, the better. David. Yes? You said we're not criminals, and we can come and go as we like. But are you sure one of us isn't a criminal? A criminal who just hasn't been caught up with yet? How does your head feel now, Vance? Not good enough to listen to you do a chorus of Sally in our alley, I'll tell you that. <laughs> nice of you to come up, Ellen. You too, Markham. We're certainly sorry to see you in this hospital, Vance. I assure you, it's much more comfortable lying here than it was on the street corner. Though, if the truth is known, I don't remember much about lying on that corner. Take my word for it, the pavement was hard. Take my word for it, that smack on my head was harder. You sent anybody out to get this lefty person, Markham? I sent Douglas. He's Sergeant Heath's best man, Vance. He'll bring him in, don't worry. And I'm very anxious to talk to him for two reasons. One of them is the fact that he's responsible for your being in the hospital, and the other is that name of his, Lefty. I know what you're thinking, Markham. Lefty and a left-handed murderer. Is that it? With the motive he has, yes. But supposing it turns out not to be Lefty, Vance? I have an idea. Please let it have something to do with me for a change. It has. You are going to leave here. Me and my big mouth. What do you want me to do, Vance? Get the Clark family up here, Markham. Father, mother, and daughter. I want to see them all in this room. Suspects can come up, but I've got to go. What's the use of being honest? 
You can stay, Ellen. I was only teasing. Oh. Markham, you get the clerks here and see that the heat in this room is turned on as high as it will go. What? I'll try and solve this case from a hospital bed. Uh, Vance, you've said an awful lot of things that have confused me on an awful lot of occasions, but that last statement of yours makes me wonder just how hard you did get hit on your head. <laughs> Worried, Markham? Yes, I am. You do as I ask, and you aren't the one who should be worried about me, my friend. It should be either mother, father, or daughter, Clark. Look, Callahan, I want to do this myself. That door to Lefty's room is awful thin. I can bust it down by crashing into it just once, I'm sure. And Sergeant Heath says I'm to bring Lefty in, so I'm going to do it. Okay? Right. Okay, here goes. Step back and keep your gun ready. Hey, what's going on out there? Hey, who's that? Hi. Okay, you hold it. Hold still, don't move. Oh, there's two of you, huh? A cop, eh? What do you want busting in here like this, fella? You got a warrant? No, Lefty, but I got a gun. Do me a favor and try to argue with it, will you? Come on in here, Callahan. We got two passengers for the wagon. Isn't that nice? We'll have company all the way down to headquarters. It's terribly warm in this hospital room, Vance. Are you sure you're comfortable? Yes, Miss Clark. But thank you for being so solicitous. I hope Mr. Markham's call didn't interfere with your plans. Didn't interfere? Of course it did. We were leaving town. It probably made us miss our train. The last I heard, there were other trains. Your information is still correct, Ellen. Mrs. Clark, if somebody threatened the safety, perhaps even the sanity of your daughter, you'd take steps to prevent that from happening, wouldn't you? Of course I would. And so would I, Vance. I'm sure you would, Mr. Clark. And I'm sure that Steve Cayley was a constant threat to your daughter. Look, we've already confessed to killing Steve. But neither you nor the district attorney would believe us. Of course we wouldn't. You both said you shot him and Cayley was stabbed. Vance, we're not getting anywhere. I imagine that's so. Oh, all right. The clerks can leave if they like, Markham. I guess a case can't be solved from a hospital bed after all. I'll help you out with your coat, Miss Clark. Thank you. I'll be ready for it in a second, as soon as I find my gloves. I'll help you look for them. Well, they're, they're not under the bed. Well, I'm sure they were on this chair. I remember putting them right there on top of my coat. Here they are. They must have fallen on the floor. Well, we, we still might be able to make the train if we leave right now. Goodbye, Mr. Vance. I'd like to shake hands with you and wish you a speedy recovery. Thank you, Mrs. Clark. Well, Mr. Clark, going to shake hands with me? No. I will. No hard feelings, Mr. Vance. Pardon my glove. That's quite all right, Miss Clark. Where's your other glove? Right here in my hand. Why? I just wanted to be sure you had it. Because I'm very sure we have you as Steve Cayley's murderer. very hard to explain why Miss Clark is our murderer, Markham. A combination of everybody talking and the way my head hurts makes it very difficult. Uh, all right. Uh, quiet, everybody, please. Quiet. <coughs> Go ahead, Vance. Well, to begin with, Cayley was killed by a left-handed person. 
Miss Clark had denied she was left-handed because she realized the mistake she made when she left the knife in Kaylee's body at a revealing angle. Our daughter is left-handed, yes, but she's not a murderer. Why didn't you tell her she was left-handed? Nobody asked her. That's right, Markham. When Mr. and Mrs. Clark came into your office to confess, we didn't mention the fact that Kaylee was killed by somebody who was left-handed. Weren't you too brilliant, though? All right, so I'm left-handed. I put my right glove on first, so you knew that when I shook hands with you. And I did kill Steve. Do you know anybody who deserved death more? I'm not prepared to say. All I know is that if you had waited a while, I'm sure one of his own gang would have done the job for you. Markham, if, if you don't mind. Not at all. All right, everybody, let's leave Vance alone now. Uh, not exactly alone. I'm staying. All right, Ellen. Let's go, everybody. Mr. and Mrs. Clark, and of course, Jan. Come along. Goodbye, Vance. Thanks, Vance. Thanks for everything. Well, I guess that's that, Vance. How do you feel? Not too badly, thank you, Ellen. By the way, you know why I wanted this hospital room heated. I know now. You wanted to make sure the clerks would take off their coats and their gloves. That's right. I stalled for a while with unimportant talk to make sure the heat of the room would get them to take off their coats and gloves by themselves without any suggestion from me that might put them on their guard. You mean put Jan on her guard, don't you? I didn't know which of the clerks was guilty, Ellen. In fact, I didn't know if any of them were. I had to make sure one of them showed they were left-handed before I could do anything at all. You did plenty, Vance. If you don't believe me, ask Jan Clark. But getting back to Markham's office a minute, what was all that confessing business up there? Mr. and Mrs. Clark wanted to keep suspicion off their daughter even though they didn't know at the time that she had killed Kelly. Oh. Chances are she tried to get them to murder her ex-husband, making up stories about how Kelly was annoying her. Well, I guess they didn't act quickly enough to suit her. Uh-huh. Uh, by the way, you know, of course, that it could have been Kelly's gang stooge, Lefty, who knocked off the big boss. It might have been Lefty, of course, but not in view of what happened here a little while ago. You mean Jan's confession? Mm -hmm. Well, you've got something there. And I guess Markham will be able to get plenty on Lefty and the rest of Kelly's gang. No question about that. Well, as they say in books, this all came out fine in the end. <laughs> in the end and at the end of the left-handed murder case.
Welcome back. Okay, this is a case where Milo Vance uses a dramatic reveal to reveal something that should not require a dramatic reveal. In this case, which of the family members is left-handed? There are any number of ways that this could be found out rather quickly and easily just by regular police methods. Of course, there's a bit of a time clock in here in that the family was leaving town. But that's mainly because Markham is horrible at his job. On other programs, you'll hear reference to holding people as a material witness. And I did like a little brief look into it to see maybe that's not really a thing that could be used. And Philo Vance's writers have actually shown extraordinary knowledge of the legal system and recognizing that there was no way that Markham could keep them from leaving town. But looking into it, uh, I think that, particularly based on the way the law was in 1950, Markham really could have tried to get them held because they had testimony relevant to the criminal investigation, even if they were not perpetrators, if some of the criminal gang did it, they would probably have special knowledge of them. But Markham didn't do this to set up the dramatic moment. The episode also did see Philo Vance losing a fight after all the punishment he's dished out uh, over the course of this series. Well, we turn to listener comments and feedback, and there are a couple of comments regarding the deathless murder case that I missed, and want to go ahead and read. Um, the story involved Philo Vance having to debunk a man who claimed to be 400 years old. Eileen commented, deathless murder? Two people died horribly even, and the organ doesn't sound like it's going to make it either. Um... <laughs> Fair enough, uh, and I think obviously it's referring to the fact that the guy who was claiming to be immortal was claiming to be, I guess, deathless, uh, and then uh, also had a comment uh, more recently from Robert, uh, who wrote in, is this a play on Count Germain, who was supposedly immortal, the 400-year-old man? And uh, that is actually an interesting point, and it may have been the inspiration for the character in Boston Blackie, who claimed to be 400 years old. According to the historical records, the Count was born in either 1691 or 1712, which is a pretty big uh, range, and he died uh, in 1784. However, he claimed to be centuries old, up to 500 years old, leading to Voltaire calling him the Wonder Man. Uh, and this, of course, sarcastically, that uh, does not die and who knows everything. Some less mainstream uh, beliefs uh, include that... Uh, Saint Germain is an immortal that has been reincarnated multiple times. Such a person definitely uh, uh, could be the basis for the story, and I think that is that's likely that someone read about this 
very colorful historical figure and said, you know, this would be a good basis for uh, a Philo Vance villain. I think it was a good concept, though the execution was a bit lacking. Thanks so much for those comments on YouTube. Now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. And I want to go ahead and thank Jennifer, Patreon supporter since November 2019, currently supporting the program at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support, Jennifer. And that will actually do it for today. If you want to be sure to never miss an episode of our podcast, I encourage you to subscribe using your favorite podcast software, including Spotify, iHeartRadio app, or the Amazon Music app at amazon.com slash otrdetectives. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please be sure to rate and review it wherever you're downloading your podcast from. We will be back next Thursday with another episode of Philo Vance, but join us back here tomorrow for yours truly, Johnny Dollar, where... Uh, glad to have you aboard with us, Mr. Dollar. Another hand is always welcome here. Well, thanks, Commander. But uh, I have no intention of stepping on official toes. Not a chance. We're happy to have any assistance. Have you been briefed on the situation? Well, I understand a Carl Richards seems to be the number one suspect. Well, so far the evidence seems to point that way. Richards operates a supply and trading boat on the lakes. Yesterday at about 1300, he contacted the Hampton Queen near Lookout Point. Ten minutes after he shoved off, the explosion took place. Anything unusual about the manner of contact? Yes. Those oar boats stop for nothing. So the supplies are usually pulled aboard by line as the two boats proceed abreast. This time, Richards came up the Jacob's Ladder himself. Any particular reason why? Well, Captain Torgerson with the Queen couldn't give us any. He said Richards spoke to him briefly, went below decks for maybe five minutes... Came up again and went over the side. And the explosion took place below decks? Yes, in a utility compartment just abaft the engine room. Did Richards bring any package aboard that might have held explosives? Captain Torgerson didn't notice any. Richards was wearing a greatcoat, pretty bulky. Might have had something underneath it. Mm-hmm. Anything else to connect him with the explosion? One of the engine room hands saw him in that utility compartment. Nobody else was noticed down there. Then, of course, there's his disappearance. What's the dope on that, Commander? Well, after the supply boat shoved off McQueen, it made no further contacts, but it didn't pull into the docks until 2300 last night. When it did, Richards was not aboard. Well, who brought the boat in? His daughter, Elsa. She operated the boat with him. She claims she didn't know how her father got out of the boat, where he got out, or where he is right now. And she defies us to bring some kind of charge against her. Oh. It's very interesting, Commander. But so far, there's one big hole right in the middle of the picture. Yes, I know. Motive. Is there any? Not that we can find. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.